0: There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good morning. The last couple of times when I've been talking about Lou and about the sweatshop. It made me think about the pace of life. I know I asked this question when I talked about the sweatshop. Like, when did we ever have time to spend two to three hours sewing together in the middle of a weekday afternoon? I do remember, you know, some of the moms in that room rushing off to like, oh gosh, I gotta meet the bus. (laughs) You know, suddenly realizing what time it was. But we had that kind of uninterrupted spare time that we could dedicate to a creative project, a community project. And that seems a grand impossibility right now. You know, everybody is so, so, so busy and always running around with their heads spinning in different directions. When did the pace of life change so much? I mean, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of the last decade in particular, I think those things are speeding up, you know, and maybe is it, is it just because I'm old, (laughs) is it just because, you know, I'm getting to that place in life where I'm like, you kids these days, you should not be, you know, I don't know, am I Clint Eastwood on the porch, get off my lawn, um, complaining like an old person, but I hope not. I've, I do think that it is a symptom of our times and of the changing importance that we give to different things like you know we are so busy that we'd rather pay somebody to do something quickly for us rather than trying to figure it out ourselves Yeah. You know? um but if Those kind of things, those creative things, for instance, your garden, you know, there was a time when nobody would dream of paying a gardener to come and cut back their weeds, right? It was just something that you did that was part of your day. Weeding was part of every day. And now I just finished dismissing these (laughs) two wonderful old toothless ladies who wander around my neighborhood looking for gardening work and bless them because I don't have time. I didn't have time today and I won't have time this weekend and yet the garden continues to grow whether I have time or not. So, you know, that is something that I've decided I would rather pay for than do. But if all of those things only get done by people who are paid to do them, when are people doing them simply for the love of it? I hope that there are, I'm sure, I know that there are people who love gardening and who will spend many hours doing it. Great, awesome. Um, I, I know that there are people who love to sew, but maybe there are only people who have an abundance of leisure time. And maybe there are only people who are of a certain age and older. Are kids these days spending that kind of time on creative projects? I certainly, certainly hope so. The challenge of building something with your own hands is a fantastic thing for your brain and for your muscle memory. You know, these are the things, these are the activities that if we take them up, will help us to stave off things like dementia, right? And when you challenge your brain to learn a brand new thing, especially when you're old, This is the kind of stuff that creates new neural pathways and that will help you to stave off that awful time where your brain starts to fade away. (laughs) I don't know, I'm not a scientist, I don't know. But uh, I know that, for instance, only recently have I learned to be a carpenter. I learned to build very basic rudimentary cabinetry and it provided me with hours of very satisfying work that then I can look at over and over and point to it and go, damn, I did that. I'm really psyched about that. That's amazing. So these women that I worked with in sweatshop, you know, it was interesting because part of it was teaching for me as well as collaborating. They were certainly not all of the same kind of caliber of sewing when they first got to me and some could just do hand sewing and that was great and we set them to doing all the buttons and all of the, you know, putting elastics and things and stuff like that. And little by little each of them learned a bit more and a bit more and I would say, come on, you can do it. You can sew this straight seam on the on the machine and they would have a lot of trepidation but then try, you know, and they learned alongside of me, so I was glad to do it because it was an investment in the collective. I wanted to have these people collaborate with me, so I taught. And one of them went on to publish a craft book about how to make doll clothes. And that was really fun because I would go and consult with her. But I, in doing so, when I, <laughs> when, when I went into her dining room, there was an entire mantle. Piece of dolls, just armies of them staring down at you while you ate there, and that was a little creepy. Maybe it was my Barbarella nightmares coming back, <laughs> but it was lots of fun that, to see how she had taken some of the things she learned and translated them into something, a project that gave her a lot of satisfaction. Another of them started making quilts and made quilts for friends, babies, and all kinds of things and wouldn't have done that maybe, perhaps, unless they had been bitten by that sewing bug right there in the sweatshop with us. Do we have quilting bees anymore? I'm, I'm sure we must, you know, perhaps in other parts of our country, the pace of life is slower and allows for things like that. Sometimes I say things like that and I think, Ugh, I was just born too late (laughs) or something I don't know Uh, maybe these are all the values that my grandmother instilled in me that make me want to do things the old-fashioned way and I always did you know even when I was younger I definitely liked making things for myself sewing my own clothes knitting my own little hats I'm terrible at knitting I'm just awful but there is a lovely piece about that activity that's fun. You know, I read the other day that the average attention span has decreased from 20 minutes in the 1970s to eight seconds today. That is drastic. That is awful. That is just unfathomable. This you know, does that help the children of today to encourage the kinds of creative activities where they spend many hours building something if they can't focus on something for more than eight seconds oh it makes me despair i had a student once who they were learning the part of Falstaff for Henry IV and it's a magnificent part that demands a lot of concentration because Falstaff is incredibly witty and his thoughts come fast and furious and he makes these incredible connections that other people might not, you know? And he's a wonderful, beloved character. And I loved watching this kid work on it. But apparently one time when I was not working with him, he was working with someone else and he had asked to work in the fat suit, uh, which he was going to be wearing on stage so that he could practice with it. And he kept looking down into the middle of the fat suit as... The assistant was reading him lines and helping him learn lines. He kept looking down and then looking up and repeating the line and looking down and then looking back up. And finally she said, what are you doing? What's going on? And it turned out that he had his phone inside the fat suit and he was playing an episode of The Office. Now, how, how is this going to encourage the attention span that is required to learn how to be Falstaff. I'm sorry, but I don't know. I just don't know. And partly it was that that made me want to step away from teaching children theater because I felt inadequate to battle that kind of adversary. <laughs> the degradation of the human psyche just suddenly felt too enormous for me boy I'm going down a dark road here okay but you know I I hope that we turn this thing around and I hope that next generations understand the detriments that all of this speeding around and all of this fast information and fast food and fast life has done to us And I hope that they let go of some of those things because they must find the joy of building something with their hands that takes a lot of concentration and a lot of time. A dress, a painting, a piece of furniture. I dearly wish that the concept of handmade things will not fade away and that we can continue to do that in generations to come. So, you know, support those people who do do it. Go to to an Etsy shop, look for hashtag handmade and encourage these people. Learn to do it yourself, take a class, just pick one randomly out of your local arts organization. Gee, I think I'll take a class in glass bead blowing or something, you know? find out what it feels like to stand there holding something you created with your own two hands. What incredible satisfaction is there. I wish you creativity, satisfaction, and peace. See you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade 2com Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.